Chapter Thirty Three of the Great Secret by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss, Tom's Audiobooks.com. Chapter Thirty Three, A Reunion of Hearts. I heard the man's announcement. I was almost conscious of his surprise as he realized the fact that his master was alone. Then I heard Gilbert direct him to show the lady in, and a moment later my heart seemed to stand still. Adele had entered the room. She was within a few feet of me. I heard the rustle of her gown, a faint perfume of violets reached me, and then the sharp yap of Nagaski as Gilbert tried to include him in his welcome. Softly I stole a little closer to the curtain and peered into the room. Now I was never an emotional person, but there was a mist gathering before my eyes when at last I saw her. She was dressed in black, and her cheeks had lost all their color. There was a difference even in her tone. She spoke like a woman who has left the world of lighter things behind, and who has vowed her life to a single purpose. The impulse to rush out and take her into my arms was almost irresistible. "'I have come to see you, Sir Gilbert,' she said, "'because I thought you would like to know something, of what I am going to do. You and your cousin were great friends, were you not?' "'We were indeed,' Gilbert answered. "'Then,' she continued, it may be some satisfaction for you to know that his death will not be altogether unavenged. I know more about it and the reason of it than you can know. I know that he was murdered, brutally murdered, because he had stumbled into the knowledge of some very extraordinary political secrets, and because, as an Englishman, he was striving to do what he believed to be his duty. His enemies were too many and too powerful. But what he began, she leaned a little forward in her chair, I mean to finish. My cousin looked at her gravely. But will you not be running the same risk? he asked. Her lips parted in quiet scorn. A woman does not count the risk when she has lost through treachery the man she cares for, she said quietly. But for this I should have been neutral. I am not an Englishwoman myself. In fact, I think my sympathies were working for her downfall. But everything is changed now. I am going to Paris tonight and to-morrow I shall see the Minister of War and General Bertillet. One part of this great plot, at any rate, shall go awry. Tell me, my cousin asked, what is the great plot? The old habit was powerful with her. She looked nervously about the room. I cannot tell you, she answered. Only this. It is a wonderfully thought-out scheme which, if it were carried out successfully, would mean the downfall of your country. The part of it which I know anything about is the part which secures the neutrality of France and breaks up the alliance. I mean to prevent that. Take me into your confidence, Miss Van Hoyt, Gilbert begged. She shook her head. You are wiser not to ask that, she said. It is one of those cases where knowledge means death, but I can at least give you a hint. Have you any influence at all with any member of your government? A little, Gilbert admitted. Then persuade them not to send your fleet to Kiel. Gilbert rose to his feet and stood on the hearthrug, looking down at her. "'But, my dear young lady,' he protested, "'there are certain international laws which every nation respects. The game of war has its rules, unwritten perhaps, but nonetheless binding. The visit of the English fleet to German waters is an affair of courtesy,' she interrupted him ruthlessly. "'Did you ever hear of a warship called the Maine?' she asked scornfully. "'Do you remember what happened to her?' Can't you understand that these things can be arranged? 
your better understanding with germany hangs upon a thread germany knows exactly when to snap it the english fleet will be allowed to leave keel harbour without a doubt but every channel outside can be sown with mines in twenty-four hours if i had proofs of what i know is being planned i would give them to you but i haven't go and do your best without them the french ambassador may have something to say to your ministers in a few days which should open their eyes i shall do my best gilbert said slowly but ours is an unsuspicious nation i am afraid i shall be told that for admiral fisher to abandon his visit to keel now without some very definite reason would be impossible adele shrugged her shoulders after all she said it is your affair england has no claims upon me i have never lived here i never shall now my work lies in france still take my advice do what you can with your ministers she rose to her feet and in order to rearrange her scarf which had fallen a little on one side she set nagaski on the ground very slowly he made his way towards me sniffing all the time a few feet from the curtain he stopped his hair stiffened his little beady eyes were like black diamonds he barked angrily nagaski his mistress called he did not move neither dared i for he was within a few feet of me adele came across the room have you any secrets behind that curtain sir gilbert she asked a cat most likely he answered nervously let me pick him up for you adele stooped down but he eluded her with a low growl he sprang through the opening and fastened his teeth in my trousers adele turned to my cousin and her face was as pale as death there was only one person in the world she said to whom nagaski used to behave like that sir gilbert what is there behind the curtain i insist upon knowing if there have been listeners to our conversation it will cost me my life i stepped out it seemed to me that concealment was no longer possible she stared at me in bewilderment i had forgotten my beard my spectacles and shabby clothes she did not recognize me has this person been here all the time is this a trap she demanded turning to my cousin with flashing eyes i stepped forward adele i said don't you know me she started violently she looked steadily at me for a moment in dumb amazement her cheeks were ashen her eyes dilated and then recognition came recognition in which there was also an element of terror jim she cried jim oh god her hands went to her throat her eyes seemed as though they would devour me yet she was not wholly sure i took her into my arms it was another man whom they shot adele i murmured it is i indeed dearest but i spoke as one might speak to the dead adele had fainted in my arms End of chapter thirty three recording by tom weiss tom's audiobooks dot com